toughness is in the soul and the spirit not in the muscles i will not let age change me i will change the way i age well on this note in this episode we are going to discuss about a women's journey of being a bodybuilder experiencing motherhood accepting herself and turning her life around Hey guys my today's guest is a very inspiring woman who possesses an electrifying personality her name is Jasmine Clark Jasmine is a tech professional a content designer by day and a mature bodybuilder by night after growing up as an active dancer and a track star motherhood plummeted her into a life of inactivity after picking up yoga she eventually started weightlifting modeling training clients co-hosting a fitness radio show and would become a two times actually qualified figure competitor my god that's astounding jasmine uh, after dealing with the challenges that come with hyper competitive world of bodybuilding jasmine stepped off the stage and found balance in maintaining a healthy weight that complements her mental health and long term fitness goals thank you so much for gracing my show jasmine and it's an honor a very warm welcome to you how are we doing today thank you i really appreciate your intro like that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i'm doing i'm doing pretty well great um I, f- for you my first question is like you know from being a daytime techie uh, what made you undertake fitness as a career you know your option like how exactly you help others with your fitness journey well i, I think it all started when um it was my first job out of college and during that job um this particular job had a partner gym and they agreed to pay for your membership but in order to do that you had to go to the gym at least 3 days a week mm-hmm. so because of that you know i was like okay well that that gives me an excuse to kind of go in the gym and, and get fit and whatnot and and get started and so i kind of went i had no idea what i was doing i was very intimidated mm-hmm. i would go and do like 10 minutes on the treadmill and i would leave and then, <laughs> and uh one of the trainers he kind of took me under his wing and wow. and he said like look you're struggling I'm going to help you with a couple of things and then from there I kind of started working with him and I I learned a lot from that and that just progressed into me really diving into a, a a fitness lifestyle and eventually competing and training people. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, when I spoke to you uh, Jasmine initially you said, you know, a pre-diabetic diagnosis from a doctor alarmed you and changed you mm-hmm. uh, to reconsider your lifestyle and eating habits. So what What changes did you make and how did you uh, make it and what was the effect on your personality? Yeah, um so I, I think I just kind of went in for like a regular tra- checkup for or something mm-hmm. and I got you know the doctor said, "Oh, well, you know, if you continue what you're doing, you're like you're, you're pre-diabetic and you know, it's you're predisposed on both sides of your family and whatnot." Mm-hmm. And that was alarming because I had always been a pretty um thin person and I think there's this misconception that if you are thin, you're healthy. healthy and that's not yeah, true. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. And so I assumed like people thought like, "Oh, I'm I'm small, I'm petite." There's of mm-hmm. course I'm I'm healthy. So hearing that was kind of like, what? Like, excuse me? <laughs> um, and so uh, at that point, I said, okay, I have to start doing something. So I was, at this time, I had young kids. I was married. And mm-hmm. so I was looking for something that would give me some type of peace. And I was like, yoga looks cool. Looks like something I could try. I'll yeah. go to a class and we'll just do some light, mild activity. And after like the first class, I was like, this is not 
necessarily light and mild. It can be very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and I got really into like, um, you know, the, the heated yoga classes and whatnot. And um, I was like, okay, this is something I can really get into. Um, and so that that kind of started and I started making changes to my diet. So I knew that I was eating way too much processed food. We actually ended up, uh, it, which probably sounds crazy to most people mm-hmm. when I say this, but we actually got rid of our microwave for like two years. Wow. For two How years. We, we tried to cook everything in the stove um, wow. and, and on, like, uh, on the stove and in the oven because we mm-hmm. knew that like having a microwave was enabling us to eat more processed food. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually I, I, I just broke that all together and I was able to build a healthy diet that didn't, it didn't matter what, you know, tools I had regardless. I knew just what wow. to buy. But yeah, it, it was that. I, I started eliminating dairy. We haven't had cow's milk in my house in over a decade. Oh um, my God. Yeah. It's like those, those types of small changes that progressed over time. And how did it affect you mentally, Jasmine? I know these are, you know, healthy uh, lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, it must have affected you in a way like leaving processed food just like that is damn difficult. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was definitely a challenge, especially kind of growing up in a household in which eating fast food was a treat. I think a lot of 90s kids went through that, like going to McDonald's. Yeah. That was like a thing, yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, I kind of associated having fast food with like almost like a reward system payday. Like, oh, I got paid today. So I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to go to Chili's. I'm going to, you know, um, and so it was kind of having to disassociate uh, eating certain types of foods that are not necessarily good for you as being something positive or, you know, uh, I had to disassociate those things. So that that was pretty hard. Um, it, yeah. it was, it was yeah. hard to do that. It was hard to stop eating some of the easy foods because at this time I was in college. So, you know, of course the college yeah. students, oh my God, yeah. budget is ridiculous and we eat a lot of noodles and yeah. they are horrible for your health. And yeah. that was a hard habit to break because they were inexpensive. They were quick to fix. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah. and I, at the top of that, I was a young, young wife, young mom, had young kids. Mm-hmm. It was just so easy to just throw something in the microwave or in the oven. So it, it took a lot of uh, trial and error. And, and mentally, it was just, you know, trying to figure out if it was sustainable. Because, you know, you have these goals, but then mm-hmm. mentally it's hard. And you're not mm-hmm. able to sustain it long term. Um, so mm-hmm. it was just a lot of falling off the wagon and getting back on and trying not to beat myself up about it when I did. Awesome. And Jasmine, I just want to ask you, what's your body transformation journey been like? You are a amateur bodybuilder, right? Like how often mm-hmm. did I'm, I'm, I'm sure you must have beaten yourself up like for having those extra calories or missing a day in gym. Uh, bodybuilder is not an easy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to spend a lot of time in gym, like, you know, fitness and everything. So what were the challenges and what did you face? Yes. Um, I would say I, I think that's still it's once you start, I think it's I don't think it ever ends. I think I've, I still face those same challenges um, because I knew I got into this habit of I need to work out three days a week to meet this requirement for my job. And then it became I need to work out five days a week because I need to meet these body goals. And then it became I need to work out six days a week. And then it became I need to do two a days and I need to go to the gym in the morning and in the evening. And it became obsessive because I felt like. If I was not working out, if I didn't feel soreness in my muscles, mm. I was not doing enough. I was inadequate. Someone was outworking me. Someone was going to beat me on stage. They were going to look yeah. better because they did. Because at 11 o'clock at night, when I decided to go to sleep, they got up and went back to the gym. And that one gym session mm. was going to be the reason why I lost 
on stage. And so that was part was hard. And then the food, Uh, you know, at this point, Mm -hmm. by the time I got into my bodybuilding journey, Mm -hmm. I had already been eating fairly healthy um, from just like changes. This was a multi-year, this is like a decade long process. Mm -hmm. So I was already eating fairly healthy because Mm -hmm. I had already started doing yoga and I had already started doing weightlifting. But a bodybuilder's diet is even more strict than just the average eating healthy. It's these, you know, very particular about your macros and your micronutrients Mm -hmm. and what you're consuming and how much water and when you're consuming that water and the timeliness of which you're consuming things and in what order. So, you know, um, it, it became, you know, excessive because I had to constantly plan all of my meals. And when I yeah. did, when I deviated from my meals, even a little bit, even mm-hmm. if I went to work that day and they had donuts in the office in the morning and mm-hmm. I decided to have one donut and that was the one thing that deviated from my meal, I would beat myself up. Oh my God, okay. Because I felt like, you know, yeah, you're doing some mistake, right? Yeah, you're, you're punishing yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and because and I and I felt like okay, I'm I'm not doing enough. Someone mm-hmm. is out there being more disciplined than me, and they're going to beat me on stage. And, you know, and I can yeah. see I would start to become obsessive about the minor differences in my body from when I ate something I wasn't supposed to eat. You know, I, oh, this the next morning I couldn't see my abs the same because yesterday I ate a donut. You know, yeah. and, and it, it, it was yeah. this it was this constant um, challenge. And like I, t- I told you in a previous conversation, I got to the point I was, you know, really close to being on stage and, and getting ready for my show. Mm-hmm. And I had a Dorito, not a bag of Doritos. I had one <laughs> one Dorito, <laughs> one Dorito chip. And I literally called my coach and cried on the phone in my oh car. Oh my God. And he had yeah. to console me for 30 minutes because I was like, I'm going to lose. I ate a Dorito. I've ruined my body. Oh. I have ruined six months of hard work because I ate this one chip and you know, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose because of this. And I didn't lose. <laughs> I played wow. second, which for my first show was phenomenal. I played second. Whoa. But at, at that time, I didn't think that way. Like you just become yeah. so hyper-focused on it. Yeah. And how did you get out of this loop, uh, Jasmine? Honestly, it got to the point that I was I was beating myself up so bad. The the most recent show I did, I placed fifth, which was the lowest I've ever placed. I've placed first, second, third, and fourth. Never placed wow. fifth. Okay. Um, and it was the lowest that I ever placed. Um, and I still placed, but it was still the lowest. And it it really crushed me because I felt like I was the leanest. I had done the most work. I felt like my body was in the best position it could have been. Mm-hmm. And so after that point. Mm-hmm. I started to scrutinize every single thing I ate, even though I wasn't prepping for a competition. Hmm. Every single thing. I couldn't really enjoy a meal with my family because oh my God. Yeah. I felt like, ah, oh, I, sh- I really shouldn't be eating this. Or, oh, I ate this, so now I need to go get on the treadmill in mm-hmm. the morning and run 30 minutes before I start my workout. You know, and and it became, it was taking away from important things. And Family is such a, I mean, not family, but food is such an important part of family and community. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't really enjoy those things because everything related to food was directly related to the yeah. final product of what my body was going to look like eventually when I got on stage, even though not today. Mm-hmm. Eventually when I get back on stage, it's like, well, if I eat too many, too much of this or I consume too many carbs, mm-hmm. um, then I'm going to bulk up too big and it's going to be hard for me to lean down to get back on stage. And that that was my justification for constantly badgering myself and and I had to stop doing it at one point I just said you know what Mm -hmm. I need this is something is going on with me mentally and Mm -hmm. I I've never had 
like mental health issues with my weight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, with my body and I was like, something is going on. And I remember hearing, I think Mm -hmm. it was a podcast and this, this, um, there's like this new type of disorder that she was saying she was diagnosed with, which Mm -hmm. was about, she was a hyper obsessed bodybuilder. And, and I understood what she was talking about. And to me, that was a wake up call. Like, okay, this, it could be a real problem for me and I need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get that help, Jasmine? Like you, did you go to a therapy or, you know, what, what was the step you took? I did, I did not go to a therapist. I do support therapy, but that was Mm -hmm. not uh, the route that I chose to take. Um, I actually uh, spoke to one of my good friends who is a nutritionist. And, and like, I was just like, look, these are some things that are going on. And this, these are some feelings I'm having about food. And I don't, I don't know what to do. And he was like, hey, you don't have to do any of this stuff that you're telling me you're doing right now to eat healthy. You can, so, you know, he had to let me, it was just like almost having someone give me permission to say, it is okay to have. Just like a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's, you're, you can do this. You can eat this and you can still be healthy and fit. You can still get back on stage if you want, you know? And so I kind of went through that and I had to go through this process with myself where I start, I had to think like, why did I initially get into bodybuilding in the first place? And it was like, well, I, I didn't really get into bodybuilding. I got into fitness because I was having a health issue right yeah. and, and so it's like I went from one end of the spectrum of health to a, an extreme All the way, yeah yeah like, <laughs> bodybuilding yeah. yeah and so once I realized that I kind of said you know what you're you have this issue, mm-hmm. you know, with your body that wasn't there before because you have become obsessive about it. And I had to realize what was important to me. And I, I even looked up stats. I'm a really I'm a, a really heavy like data person. And I looked up stats and I saw that the majority of like people who bodybuild long term, the effects are not good on your body because you're yo-yoing your weight and you're you're taking your body from one extreme to the next. And long term is not good. And once I realized that, you know, I knew that my end goal was to look good at 65 and 70. I want to look like those women who look like they're 30 when they're 70. I wanted to look like that. And I was like, that's not going to happen if I keep doing this yo-yo dieting, whether it's on stage or not. People try to justify it by saying, well, you're competing. It's still, your body doesn't know the difference. It's still yo-yo dieting. You know, your body doesn't know the difference. And so I was like, I have to do something else. And, and, kind of reach a homostasis with my body instead of going from one extreme to the next I need to find a balance yeah so that's why you stepped off the stage as a bodybuilder yes yes okay and do you still miss it now I I do miss it and I I'm not completely done I like to say I'm in a hiatus because one day I will like to go back but I have to be in a good place mentally when I do it I yeah. have to be in a place where it doesn't matter if I win or lose. It doesn't matter what if I place or not. I'm just doing it because it's a goal. And I know eventually I want to get my pro card. I was so close to my pro card. I, I was two times nationally qualified. Yeah. And I didn't go that next step. I changed leagues and whatnot to go into a natural league. But I would love to, uh, you know, achieve that. But I have less like my motivations for doing it now are different. So now you accept yourself and your body and you're in a good place of peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I knew that I always I had an idea shaped for my body when mm-hmm. I was younger and when I kind of first uh, kind of came into my womanhood and knew what I wanted uh, to, to it to kind of look like. And 
at my best, at my most cut form, mm-hmm. like my best stage form, as much mm-hmm. as I love that, that was not the idea that I had in mind when I thought about that. I want, I pictured myself a little bit more curvy. I wanted, you know, a certain this, mm-hmm. certain that. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think we all have these images in mind of what we want our body to look like, whatever your goal is for your body. And mm-hmm. I realized that this, this bodybuilding body that I had was nice and I loved it, but that's not actually what I wanted for my life. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted, I liked myself a little bit heavier and curvier and softer. So, yeah. Uh, so that's what I, I strove, you know, I strive to do that instead. So um, now I'm more at that weight that I like. And I was like, if I can get on stage and win at this size, good. If not, then oh, well, but this is what I like. <laughs> wow. That's pretty amazing. Like how you transformed yourself, especially while you accepted yourself. Like, you know, it's okay to, you know, not to do bodybuilding. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very difficult to accept the fact that when you're already so, you know, uh, competitive and you just want to achieve something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it, I'm naturally a competitive person. And so yeah. like <laughs> entering into bodybuilding was like right up my alley in the perfect mm-hmm. storm to kind of, you know, thrust me into this world of hyper scrutiny that I did not need to place on myself at all. Yeah, that's great. And uh, Jasmine, what's your long term goal in your fitness career while accepting your body as it is? So what would uh, uh, you give an advice you want to share to our listeners, especially for women who want to get into bodybuilding? And how th- how can they maintain both their mental health along with the bodybuilding? I, I would probably say my long term goal is always now I just think of it as lifetime journey. Like I, I just turned 30. Mm. And I want when I hit 31. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to feel the same way I do about my body now in 35 and 30. Wow. And, yeah. and so that's how I kind of see it. It's like, I want to look back on my pictures mm-hmm. and just be able to say, I was good with my body then. I'm good with my body now. I don't ever want to have those moments where you look back with regret and you're like, oh, I used to look like this. I just, that's, I, that's what I fight every day not to be. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to be happy. And that's not saying I have to be the same size or the same weight. It just means that I have to feel good about myself in the same way at all times you know and and so I would say as far as if you want to get into bodybuilding I would say before you get started Mm -hmm. check any possible uh you know issues that you could be having about your body right now because Mm -hmm. if you're having those issues it's only going to recreate itself in another form once you get on stage. Um, so like mm-hmm. if, if you are already having things and you're insecure about certain things, it's only going to get worse in mm-hmm. one way or another. So you have to check those things early on. Um, I would also say to spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You don't follow bodybuilders on Instagram. There are plenty of them. You can literally search hashtag figure competitor, hashtag bikini competitor, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you can find women who do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Find those women. Look at their what you can usually go back all the way to the beginning of their IG. You can follow their journeys, see mm-hmm. the changes in their bodies and determine if that's something that you want. Because once you step in it, if it's something that you enjoy, you will yeah. very quickly be pulled into the the rabbit hole of bodybuilding and it's a great it's yeah. a great place to be it's so inspiring you get so inspired the community is great it's close-knit sure. but yeah. you have to balance the mental part of it 
or mm-hmm. it you will literally lose it. You will lose it. And p- you have to hold your morals too because yeah. people will pressure you to, you know, steroids in the bodybuilding uh, community is so common. It's almost uncommon yeah. if you don't take them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it, if you don't have, if you're, if you decided that that's something you don't want to do, and some people do it, I'm not saying that it's unethical. I think as long mm-hmm. as you compete in a league that allows it, then yeah. you, you do what you, you know, well, no league really technically allows it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Ban it. They don't ban. They don't test. They don't drug yeah. test. So yeah. it kind of people get away with it. So mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, if you don't mind potentially having to take something to get where you need to go to meet your goals, mm-hmm. you know, then you need to be aware of the leaks that kind of enable that behavior and the leaks that it will not allow that behavior. That was one reason why I switched leaks. You know, mm-hmm. I was placing second and I even placed first competing against women who were taking things. But yeah. I knew in mm-hmm. order to go pro, which is something I really wanted, I was going to have to take something. I even had to let go of a coach who kind of mm-hmm. suggested that I would take something. And I and I didn't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to know, like, this is these are my boundaries and this is what I am and am not going to do. Because people, mm-hmm. well, once you're in that world, Mm-hmm. And you you will have people who support you, of course, and people have your best interest in mind in theory because they want you to win, but they don't have your best health in mind, your overall right, health right. for your body. And you have to keep that. You have to keep that to your chest and, and let that be your North Star. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Jasmine, for sharing your journey. It's truly an honor. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. I really appreciate being able to just like talk and share what I know. And I know it's it's so easy to look online and see all these crazy stories and, and yes. people have these body transformations, but not knowing all of the stress that goes into that. Yeah, that's what like it's unreal, right? Sometimes you feel it's unreal, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is out there. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much, Jasmine. No problem. Thank you so, so, so very much, guys, for tuning till the end of the episode. It really means the world to me that you invested few minutes out of your precious 24 hours into my episode. I would be even more grateful to you guys if you can go to my episode and please subscribe and leave a review out there. You can share the screenshot of your reviews or any kind of key takeaways of the episode. Please make sure that you tag me over Instagram or Facebook. Let's see how this episode can bring value to so many of your friends and others. I will give a shout out to you as well. Alright, that's it for now. I will look forward to have you in my next episode of Musified with Ashi. Let's rock and roll. Take care and ciao.